Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of the Own the Moment podcast. My name is TJ Lasig. I'm your host here at OTM. And tonight we have the club coming to Own the Moment as we are about to introduce a very special guest here. But first, let me introduce my co-host as always, Mr. Justin Herzig. Justin, how are you doing tonight? Doing well. I'm down at the uh, mother-in-laws, mother-in-laws down in South Florida. I get like, you know, not too far away from Miami Beach. You got a club vibe going on outside. It's a little bright in here. Maybe I'll dim the lights. But uh, at the end of the day, Mr. Overset is bringing the club himself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, normally when I've tuned into some of your streams and the ones where you're like outside flexing, you know, the the Florida background, I get pretty upset. Uh, so I'm glad you're inside in a, you know, a, a normal office like the rest of us today. Save the day club for your next visit over that. <laughs> yes, yes. And there he is. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce our very special guest here. This is a man who, despite what the media may say and their refusal to acknowledge it, a true influencer in the NFT space, a man who owns 128 Fred Van Viet moments, a man who has fractionally invested in several high value NFTs, including owning one fifth of a crypto punk. He is the host of Club Top Shot and the man behind the man's Mr. Peter Overzet. Pete, how are we doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing good, guys. Uh, I'm excited. I'm a big Own the Moment fan. Uh, I'm a a lurker in the Discord. I'm tailing uh, Justin's uh, picks. I was actually on vacation, uh, was it a week and a half ago? And uh, I was taking a Twitter break, and I saw Justin kind of talking about some of the Rising Stars moments he thought was undervalued, so I tailed him on like the Halliburton and Hero, and I start getting tagged in my Discord of everyone blowing up my spot. Oh, Pete's buying moments on his vacation. Like I, I couldn't even lurk uh, because the blockchain makes it all public, Justin. So I blame you for that one. It's the worst. You're using the blockchain to tail, and then you get caught tailing. And gosh, that, like you need a stable boy for Top Shot <laughs> to make your purchases. Yeah, I need to be washing my purchases through another account just to keep the Discord bros off my back there. So uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to be here. Oh, how, how was that? What was it like being away from Top Shot for like a week or you know maybe a day in between? Yeah, it was, it w- and that was the week that all the other crazy NFT stuff was going on, the Beeple sale, the two CryptoPunks for seven and a half million. So it felt like things were moving fast, but I honestly, I, I had a Zen approach. I knew how badly I needed a break from being like, basically when Corona hit, just doing content nonstop for a year. Uh, so it felt really good to get a break and I did relish it. And then when I got back, I started refreshing and F5ing like everyone else. So we're back in the rat race. Yes, back at indeed. I'm actually on a on a little vacation myself here, as people can see. A little bit of a different background, but uh, I'm in sunny San Diego for Ooh. the week. But Top Shot has still not escaped me, as as here I am. Where are you doing, where in San what are you doing Diego, Wednesday? Are you? Yeah, what are you doing Wednesday? Tory Pines, man, playing Tory Pines on Wednesday. Pretty pretty excited about that. So, and a couple couple friends are out here. They're downstairs. They threatened to make a ruckus and come up and uh, disrupt the podcast. So hopefully that does not happen. I think we'll be okay. Well, but, now, uh, I, now I am hoping that that does happen. <laughs> <laughs> are they no momenters or uh, are, they, are they in the game? I would uh, only one of them are in the game. Two of them were trying to, to sign up 
earlier today because you know i try like i desperately try not to talk about nfts when i'm hanging out with like normal people but then you know i have two white claws and i'm like we got sort of nba top shot and then i just can't help myself i mean i've seen the memes but it is going to be so funny when we're all back going to bars and then we realize that the only things we have to talk about (laughs) are nfts we're not going to be too popular at the bar I mean, what's everyone else going to be talking about? Like their third Labradoodle that they just raised, like the real world, they just bought a new car. Come on. Like, I think what, I mean, what was the early trend making sourdough bread? That's what everyone's doing. Homemade sourdough bread. So they'd be like, I perfected my sourdough bread recipe. That's true. I I feel so out of like the rest of the real culture. Like we have our own digital space and I'm perfectly content there. And, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Also, I don't go to bars anymore, so that's yeah. fine. But. Well, that's how I feel like uh, I, I still have my day job and, you know, they'll do like little social gatherings and hangs. And I'm like, I'm socializing online like all the time. Like I, I don't I don't need my social outlet for like work game night. But I, I sometimes forget not everyone is uh, wrapped up in a robust NFT community like all of us. Yeah, when you say when you say day job, is this uh, minting physical cryptocurrencies? Yes. Is this uh, one of your fifty-seven personalities? Like what? No, I, I work. I work for a software company. I've had the same job for like seven or eight years now. I'm in uh, marketing, and uh, and yeah, so I know people. Uh, they can't believe that I somehow have a real job, but I very much do. <laughs> I actually don't think I knew that. That's interesting. Yeah, because that's definitely one of the things that I wanted to talk about. Like, obviously, you have a pretty, I would say, unique and niche stance, both in the Top Shot space and the DFS space, where you not only provide content, but you provide comedy in the meantime. So just curious, like, how, how when did you get into all that? And how did that come about? And uh, how specifically did the idea for, for Club Top Shot come about? Because I think that's obviously been a huge hit in the community here. Yeah, I've always had, I did, I did improv for a long time before I started doing like fantasy football podcasts and stuff. So I had like four or five years of performing here in Boston and then started a podcast with some of my buddies who were big into fantasy football. And then I kind of just found that niche of like, Hey, I like fantasy sports. I like sports betting, crypto, all that. But, uh, you know, what are, what are the things that I can do that maybe other people can't because everyone's way better than me at, uh, say, you know, the analysis and all that stuff. So I had fun. Uh, focusing on the comedy stuff. And then, yeah, the club top shot was funny because we did the show with LG from the first mint. And then that video did really well. Cause it was one of the first kind of videos on, on YouTube that was long form about it. And then I interviewed Jack cause I heard about his big buy and then he joined me and Peter Jennings for an episode. And it just kind of was born very organically out of that episode. I don't even remember. I think we opened packs at the end of the episode and with the music, I just was pretending like I was a DJ randomly and, uh, everyone started calling it the club. And then literally like two days later, club top shot was born. And I remember DMing with Justin too, because you guys were launching, own the moment at the same time. Like we both had moved pretty quickly of just being like, Hey, we're three days into it. Let's start a podcast. Literally. Yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's when you open the number 69, Joel and B. Yeah. That it was, that, it was that very early. Yeah. That which it, it did get snapped up in this bull run. I had it uh, comedically listed for $690. Uh, and I just thought it would sit there for a long time. And then that bull run from two weeks ago, which I'm sure everyone now feels like was two years ago, uh, someone snapped it up, so I no longer have it. 
I'll admit, I followed, you are an influencer. I had the uh, Kevin Porter Jr. And it was number 69 for his rookie debut. And I also posted it for 69-69 and it got snapped up in the run back. Wow, there you go. There, I'm telling you, it it's funny looking back through those sales prices. I feel like there's so much of the meme pricing. I was looking back at some of mine. I was looking at uh, my Jokic base moment, just his his series one common base, and I had bought it for 161 dollars, and I believe it is serial 161. It, it's either that or 261, but someone listed it for the exact price as the serial. I feel like there's all kinds of oddities with what thought process goes into the listing price for people. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, we've talked about this a little before, but and now we're actually getting the top shot stuff. So that's valuable. But uh, when they made the change for how you actually go in and make a purchase, anyone that's not just going for the lowest ask is kind of getting screwed out because before you would actually scroll through and you could have a lot more on a screen. You can see where there's kind of outliers and a price for that, you know, double digit, triple digit, et cetera. But now I think the way that they have it structured is, there's just such an inclination to, okay, go and buy the cheapest ask. And so all of these more kind of unique serial numbers or even the lower ones are getting up. We've definitely seen from a data wise are being purchased significantly fewer um, amount of times than before. Yeah, yeah, it's there's no yeah, we need like a special way to highlight it. Like we need like 69 day where like the jersey match, like that one gets highlighted in the drop down and stuff. Let's let's shine some of the uh, lesser publicized serial numbers today. I mean, I know in baseball they do Jackie Robinson Day. And I'm pretty sure that's 42. Um, but like they all wear 42. Why is there not a 69 day? Like, I mean, use your influencer skills and get that. Because if you can get that <laughs> on the jersey, eventually, like we're going to have a day where they just have an entire set of 69 jerseys. And that's now the jersey number. Like, it's true. It's going to happen. Are you guys still is your because I feel like in the early days, I, I call them the numerology bros. They were having so much fun with like this is the guy's birthday, this is the zip code he was born in. Are have we moved on from numerology bro stuff, or is that still alive and kicking for you guys? Uh, Ju Justin's well, definitely gonna plug his numerology here now. So I'll just yeah. Sorry, I stole <laughs> you know, your there's all these bits out there and all these numerology bros, but like then there's the numerology god, and like the god is LeBron, the goat, the god, like everything. Thing. And when you can have one jersey, that's really cool. But oh, why here not we go. get two jerseys? And <laughs> so why not get number six, twenty-three, or two thirty-six? And the great thing is, cosmic, hollow, all that shit. There's only like fifty of them, so you can't get all the way up to six twenty-three or two thirty-six. This makes it even more rare. Get the double jersey. Get on the train. See, this is what I told people when they were in my in my Discord talking about their favorite numerology numbers and the ties. I'm like, you're gonna have to create like a blog and a narrative in a community around why this moment in serial is important. And I feel like you are the first numerology pumper. <laughs> you are trying to pump an unorthodox numerology convention, but I think you could probably pull it off with this platform. Petey, roll, he wrote an entire article on it, man. He's I did. Really, I read that article. I did. <laughs> it was a good article. It was a good article. And what's kind of interesting is we've seen uh, golden auctions as started doing some of these, you know, higher price moments for auction. And one of the ones going on right now is, uh, it's one of the Kobe dunks, but it's a serial number that I wouldn't have ever otherwise thought of. And I think it might be like tied with maybe Kobe's numbers or something, but it allows the person who's given the auction to actually have that paragraph written out of why this number is special, why they're doing this auction. And without a doubt, that gives a certain you know, argument, advantage point, a discussion there. 
And there's been points of, you know, well, in the future, you can actually have a little comment next year that says why it's for sale. I think there's going to be a lot more interesting ways that people can kind of list their various moments. Yeah. And so for people who are numerology bros, like you get an opportunity future. Well, at the end of the day, like all of these crypto projects in everything, NFT projects, it comes down to narratives. It is, it is the strongest narratives. What are people buying into? The more compelling and mainstream narratives are easier. But then, like you said, there can be even just having in a write-up um, a more compelling narrative. I was talking uh, to Davis the other day. He was talking about uh, purchasing a home and like how competitive the market was. And when we got ours, we wrote a letter about why this specific home in this neighborhood meant something to us. And it broke the tie with competing offers for this condo. And it's just, it goes back to that thing. Narratives are so compelling. You can look at the numbers on the spreadsheet, but whoa, your grandparents grew up in this town? Like, okay, now you're a human being. Now this is a narrative I buy into. And you see that play out across all of this stuff. Yep, I love it. And uh, let's see, are you able to see my screen? Are we seeing this? Yeah, we're seeing it. Do we notice anything about the, like, do you approve? You gotta zoom in a little bit though. You gotta right. zoom in a little bit. We can make that happen. Oh, you approve cool. of these Van Bleets. There's, oh, it's uh, so gorgeous. Whose account is this? 9369, I bought these for our Laden, baby. If I mm. lose these, they go to, they go to whoever wins some Laden things later today. Wow. The numerology bro was working this afternoon, preparing for this show. <laughs> this is the long game. Ah. Look He's ready this. to go. So I had bought my, uh, I'd bought some Fred Van Vliet merch, you know, and the other day I bumped into it and it made a noise. I didn't even realize it was an audio bobblehead here. I still don't know what he's saying. I think he's saying Westford, Westford, it's for you. Is, is Westford something with FEV? I should probably know that. I'm not know. familiar. Let's go okay. chat. Do your Google yeah, skills. Let us, what, let us know what Westford, Westford is. High school or something. So you were you're cornering the market on four digit ending in sixty nine FEVs today. I mean, if I had a two digit, I would get that too. So let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> I know someone was tormenting me on Twitter. They had scooped up the sixty nine sixty nine Fred Van Vliet, and I thought people were supposed to you know tip me off like, hey Pete, this I'm not expecting you to gift it to me, but just like let me know they're hodling it for themselves, and then they want me to go on a show like on the moment. And pump their number 69 FVV bags. It's really sick. Okay. And there we go. We got Rockford, Illinois. That's where Van Bleed is from. Okay, so thank you. Got a bunch of the, the chat far smarter than us about our Van Bleeds and our uh, obviously uh, fandom. So what are, what is your plans for these these FVVs? You just going to hold them ransom from me? Well, so normally I try to find the person who would value them the most and then figure out <laughs> what is necessary to like there's literally only how many people really want a family like you probably got his mother and you know some sisters some friends that are on the site but then you've got how many also have this tie-in and when you strike gold like don't just buy one just go through them all that's right well that's your that's your mo i know you you gobble it up see what happens to me on top shot is i know if if I did find an undervalued moment, I should buy multiple of them. But the collector side of me kicks in and I want to spread my money around. I want to get this moment because I don't have it. And I have started a little bit, um, you know, like the John Wall, his first moment on the site, the now the Blake Griffin, get a couple of them, you know, scratch that itch. But uh, it's hard for me with my collector brain to go Hertz, Hertzig bot and, uh, and scoop up multiple of these. 
you don't want 71 Al Horford for the career chance <laughs> that he was going to become in this Cool Cats 3 challenge. Then they throw out seven different challenges before that. And then it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we also have Cool Cats. But everyone knows it's going to be these other guys that are slash 35K. And those prices are just going to go down so much that, yeah, Al Horford doesn't really matter. But I am holding them for the long game. <laughs> I did tail you on some of those as well. So I'm sitting on some false flag common challenge moments, too. <laughs> Maybe one day Horford will be in the challenge and then, then it'll all be worth it. Or, hey, you know, he still has a ton of potential in his career. Maybe he could just become an he's NBA. Got like, he's got like backdoor Hall of Fame potential. He's probably like, I don't know what his basketball reference is. He's probably like in that 30% range right now. I mean, at this rate, every single moment will be involved at a challenge at some point. I mean, we are just rifling through challenges. So if you have a random common moment, just hold. I mean, you're a day away from it being involved in a challenge. Oh, and I saw someone like the other day, like trying to collect all of the S2, um, like the entire set. And they had like 230 and they were so proud of themselves. And like now there's another 50 of them that are coming out. And uh, I, I, lo- I love the idea. I mean, I'm a huge fan of, hey, put out as many of these commons, as many from both a total amount of moments, as well as like the circulation. Like that's how we should flood the market. Yeah. Not this, let's put out a ton and remove the word rare from our lexicon so that rare now means like, yeah. Well, uh, and forgive me, I don't want to, my my hosting techniques kick in here. I don't want to take over your show, but I feel like the elephant in the room right now is is the market crash. I saw lots of people panicking today about stuff. I'm curious uh, what you guys uh, have been kind of interpreting that. I'm sure people would like to hear that. Yeah, so we saw the market crash, and we were curious what your thoughts as the guest of the show, what your <laughs> thoughts are on <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, you did. I'm, I'm looking at the show plan right now, and you literally stole the next bullet. So you're, you're sorry, good at what you do. I started no, doing your job for you. <laughs> I was thinking ahead of this. I was like, man, we've had you know we've had a lot of high-profile guests and whatever, but I'm like, I'm, I'm most nervous to host Pete because I don't think I can host like the the ultimate host here. And uh, you, you just proved that that is definitely the case. No, you're, I'm actually better tonight. Normally I'm just hammered and, uh, and dicking around. So no, you're, you're doing awesome. No, let me, let me actually jump there. Um, so the way that I'm kind of thinking about this right now is when I think about the experience for new users, new users right now, they join top shot and they either go to the marketplace. Maybe they buy a moment or two that like, you know, for a player, they like a team they like, or more often you just see them kind of waiting for packs because they've heard these are free money. Um, if they did buy something anytime in the past couple of weeks, if you bought something, it's cheaper the next day. Maybe you even tried to complete that CCU challenge. You got burned. And so you kind of start thinking like, okay, why should I keep buying? Because whenever I buy the next day, the prices only gradually go down. And so like you can even enjoy the experience. You think the place is really fun, but you go to the marketplace, you just lose money. So it really just gets all these new people to say, okay, I'm just going to wait for a pack. And then when you get a pack, you're like, well, my entire experience has been when I get that pack, the prices, I mean, when I see the market, the prices go down. So I'm just going to sell as quickly as possible. And then you just undercut the next person because you feel that, hey, if I don't undercut them, I'm not going to sell. And the next day, it's going to be worth even less. And I think it's created this kind of vicious cycle. And I've been thinking about, like, how do we get out of this? Because I'm still very bullish on the long term. But as, like, more and more joiners enter Top Shot, this new experience really only compounds. And I think that's the cycle we're in now that we can get out of it. And we've got some ideas for how. But, like, that's at least how I feel people are kind of experiencing it right now. 
Yeah, and the thing I keep hearing a lot of is this thing of like, okay, it's great we have all these new users, but they're only in it for the pack buying and flipping experience. They just are chasing that EV. They're not actually interested in engaging with the marketplace. I get that that's happening, but like my analogy that I was thinking about is a casino, do they want you playing slots and roulette if you're there? Obviously, they prefer that. Do they still have a sports book where you could just go and watch games and not spend any money or go sit by the pool and not spend money? Do they still offer that? Yes, because they're trying to get you in the door and they know if you spend a long enough time there, you're eventually going to buy a few drinks. You're eventually going to go play a hand of blackjack. And I feel like that's what's going to happen here with Top Shot. Like eventually these pack flippers are going to stick around. And I do believe just getting as many people in is over overall good for the ecosystem, even if they come in trying to flip packs. And I think it makes sense. That's the easiest way to engage with the product and the thing. It takes no knowledge. You just go get a pack and and you just increased your value. But then you start to get curious like me. You start to poke around. You start trying to figure out the series and what moments you like. And so I'm still very pro. Let's get as many people on the side as possible. Um, but I know that's a concern for people right now. You pulling up the Roham tree right now? Okay, that's what I was thinking as well, Justin. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, so see this I think what you're saying makes complete sense. And so when I think about the way that Dapper Labs is probably thinking about all this, I think it aligns with exactly what you're saying. They've got data and, you know, obviously they're running all the numbers. It's a very smart company and they're trying to figure out like, what's the best way for long-term success. And if you look at what Roham's numbers are here, it aligns with the story you're telling where, okay. So first off, 84% 12 root retention across all collectors, 80% of them are eligible of the eligible users are joining the um, limited edition pack drops, ton of people in line, more retention numbers. Okay. What he brings down later on though is, all right, um, where was the money tweet? All right, this is bad. Um, okay, I don't remember exactly. But general, what he's showing, okay, so here it is, yeah. Our metrics show the collectors who open at least two packs and also trade in the marketplace, meaning buy or sell, then they retain nearly 100%. And they're seeing other high retention numbers. So I think their goal has been, how do we get the most amount of people attracted to Top Shot? And I think a lot of the people who are probably listening to this are like, well, but signups aren't even fully open. And the you know all these rare drops, all this additional kind of excitement that they're creating is only going to saturate the market. And it's leading to a poor experience for the initial users. And I agree with that. And I do believe there's definitely oversaturation. I think the challenges have been overdone. I think most people would agree with that from what we've seen, but I think their still long-term belief is that this might lead to some initial friction, maybe prices even going down, but if they can create enough excitement, enough of a fun user experience, that when people join, they're in it for the long run, similar to what you're saying, you come into the casino to watch your March Madness game, and you stay at the blackjack table to lose your money, and so then <laughs> that's what I think like, they're trying to build for. Um, I don't think everything's done perfect. I don't think anyone does. And I think Rohan would probably be one of the first to admit that, you know, there's been growing pains both from a product and a technical, but it does seem like based off this tweet they put out today, they have a shining star. They have data that they're kind of trying, like what their metrics and what their uh, key performance indicators are that they're trying to uh, improve and grow towards. And uh, it aligns with what you're saying. I think it makes sense. And I think too, the thing I was also thinking about, it's like, you know, I, I don't think I can, uh, you know, day trade this stuff. I don't think I'm good enough to time the market. I do now have some confidence in stuff that I think is going to hold long-term value. Like these first moments of studs in series one, I have a pretty high confidence in those and I'm in set it and forget with those. I'm trying to get as many as I can. I'm setting and forgetting. 
And I feel like people panicking. I'm like, either you're a bad day trader, which there's a lot of bad day traders because it's hard as hell to do, or you're not buying things you have a high level of confidence in. And if you're doing that, like, I, but if you are buying things that you have a high level of confidence in, like what's today's date, March 22nd, you bought something two weeks ago. Like when would your investment thesis be what I bought, how it's doing on March 22nd is going to determine how I feel about this overall investment. But it feels like that's how everyone is overreacting right now. I, I don't really get it. Right. And I think some of it is, or a lot of it is a lot of people probably joined when you think of like the chart of where we were and stuff, a lot of people joined so that there's has only gone down since. Yeah. And their concern is I got a, uh, like I got a DM from an, one of the main DFS guys um, who's a bit more on like the top kind of side of things. And like his message was just like top shot is dead. Like I'm done <laughs> with it. Like, I don't know why you're wasting your time. I was trying to ask for some advice on like the DK counts, the players council. And his yeah, response yeah. was just like, just stop. Like top shots dead. Like it's gone. And I'm like, okay, well, now I'm more confident that it's like legit. Like, but <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where I get where if your experience has not been that great from a price wise, because when you're buying, you see it does go down and your thought process is, well, I could have bought that today for it's cheaper and stuff. Um, but like, that's not what this needs to be from a long term stance. And I think if you're only buying with that short term viewpoint, um, you know, there's challenges, but I definitely understand why people are just concerned of, Okay, I'm not thinking about just today. I understand I'm down a little, but when does it? When do we hit this trough of disillusionment, and when do we reach that slope of enlightenment? And that's what I think there needs to be at least some level of uh, a light at the end of the tunnel for people. The funny thing about this chart, too, right, is people see this, and I think normally it's applied over like a really long time span of like a new product. I feel like we're gonna get this cycle many times over within like two month chunks within like top shot time, just because the new waves come in and experience that the new wave comes in and experience that. So we could where I don't feel like it's like, this is on a 10 year scale. I feel like this is on a two month scale. I mean, if anybody wants to go look at Bitcoin, you can see that it really is just so many of the spikes and valleys, spikes and valleys. And like, if you were to look at the chart of Bitcoin now from 2009 to today, the line looks actually pretty flat until you get to you know, the mad incline that we're at right now. But if you only had it from until 2018, those spikes would look huge and they'd look significant. And it's right. not until you fully get that larger zoom out that, yeah. And I was, I was talking to my buddy, Pat Corain, uh, does stuff with you over at ETR too. And he was like, you know, tilting this drop right now would be like tilting the five hour candle, like on Bitcoin, like you would never do yeah. that. And, you know, from a practical standpoint, like, I, I've been dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin for the past few years. Just again, set it and forget it mode, never looking at the price. Um, and yeah, when it's pumping, I put the little widget on my phone and it's fun to see that Bitcoin's going up. And then when it's not, I take it away because my investment hasn't changed. Of course, it's funner when it's pumping. Same with Top Shot. I'm checking my little red notification bell all the time. Did I sell anything? What's my account value? All this. And then in the bear market, I haven't checked my intangible, my evaluate.market for like the past week because it's not healthy but how I feel about those investments haven't changed. And I feel like people, I know that's easier said than done, but it's like, we need to have a healthy relationship because you will drive yourself crazy. And I've seen people driving themselves crazy here. And I feel like a lot of the people that are the most upset right now are the people that that bought kind of at the top, right? And, and since they got in, they have seen their accounts continue to go down. Like Justin said, they buy a moment, it goes down the next day, then it goes down more and more. 
but I'm with you guys. I definitely have not been checking my account valuation nearly as frequently and would recommend that. I mean, there's really no need to, right? We're, we're in this for the long term. We think that this cycle is going to repeat many times over and over. I think there's been so much supply that was pumped into the system over the last two weeks. I mean, they, they really, really tripled down essentially on the all-star game. So I'm curious if they're going to slow down now in terms of new sets, new moments coming out. I don't know. I'm kind of hoping we don't see a new set maybe until the playoffs. Maybe that's too long, but I feel like we need a little bit of a break here. Yeah. Or legendary. Okay. That's fine. Cause that's a different spot, but I feel like we don't need any more new common moments or even rare moments coming in right now. What, what do you think? What do you guys think about that? I think we'll see more commons. I don't know if there'll be new commons, um, but I think we need a lot more commons, to be honest. Um, I think that 35K needs to go to 100K. I think that's what the entry point needs to be. Rather than flooding the market with a whole bunch of these rares, various 2,000 slash 10,000 even slash 5,000, whatever it is, in that middle range, I think that's where people are like, okay, how do I really value the difference between a slash 2K, a slash 888 gift, a slash 10K seeing star? And they all just kind of jumble together. But I want to see those commons, that slash 35K to go to 50 to 100. Because that's the path to being able to have these packs readily available for everyone. That's the path to these packs no longer being plus EV. But still getting that fun user experience. People come in, they buy a pack. Maybe they get a $6, $7 worth on average out of that. And then that creates a different expectation. Now the expectation is... How do I enjoy this experience? Okay, well, I get some packs and I rip it and I have some fun there. Maybe I get something cool. That's great. Now I can also go to the marketplace. I can buy something and we can see how that dynamic changes. There's more market stability. Oh, and there's these occasional rare legendary packs that I need a kind of lottery ticket to eventually get. But it's not that packs are just these free money. It's packs are packs. And if I can get one of the cool rare legendary ones, which are going to be even more and more challenging to get as we go forward, like that's where you get free money, sure, but there just aren't that many. Well, that's why I always, when I see, you know, the sentiment, it's so hard to get a pack. I'll never get a pack again. I just want the experience of ripping a pack. And I really kind of want to interrogate and be like, is that true? Would you be disappointed if you rip open your $14 pack and it's worth a total of $20? Is that fun for you? If it is, great. Then you, what you said was truthful. But I feel like a lot of times it's the, I want to have my cake and eat it too. Not only do I want to rip a pack, but I want it to be worth 10x what I bought it for. And it's like, you can't have that. You either get packs and they're not worth as much. Or it's hard to get packs, and when you do get one, it's super valuable. Like that's just basic supply and demand. But I think from this euphoric stage that we've had the past few weeks, people kind of have a distorted thought on how they think Top Shot actually is going to work long term. Yeah, I mean, but speaking like distorted though, it's really not fair that us influencers always get the rare packs and no one else does. So how should we make that more fair for people? That's it. It is really, really unfortunate. Um, you know, I am um, my still to this day, my influence, my actual influencer packs. Jacob came on an early episode of Club Top Shot. He gave me two nine dollar packs to this day. Those are the only packs. Eighteen dollars, and I've gotten so much joke. Equity. Where did this rumor come from? Where, where did that like what? Probably I, I haven't right got there. a pack 
you know, I haven't gotten a pack in weeks, I feel like. And I mean, not that I'm the biggest influencer, but I feel like that narrative just cracks me up. I see it it's all over Twitter. Every, every single time. Well, now everyone does it as a joke, but then half yeah. of the replies believe it. Like half the replies are like QA on like, they're like, there's no way this is randomized. <laughs> it's like, I'm pretty sure it's randomized. Was it, was it you guys that were talking, Justin? I think I heard you say an anecdote one time about something where they had to maybe um unrandomize it to make it actually appear more random i don't know i heard someone say that anecdote about something else where it's just like yeah that's it makes sense uh i apple itunes used to have to do that where yes. apple itunes people would be listening to music and um they get two songs from the same band in a row and people get pissed and they're like i thought this was a shuffle i thought it was playing <laughs> randomly people not realizing that random can that can eventually happen so they had to create fake randomness so that you wouldn't get the same band back to back. And uh, I mean, yeah, I think we might've actually been talking about from people getting two of the Pascal Siakams in the same pack, like not the yeah. same cereal, but different ones and being like, this shit ain't random. Like, look at this, it's all glitching. And, yeah. Now, if you are a musical artist and you invested in Firefly Music Festival <laughs> and maybe then you get like an influencer pack and you don't know how to show the entire video and like there's there's some things here that maybe there's opportunity for influencers. Here's here's if you want to sniff out if something's an influencer pack, I've discovered uh two K two key ways to know. The first is if they stream their pack opening via their phone on their like computer. Phone. We're talking no screen share. I'm talking Diplo, Jaw Rule, grainy ass thing. Watch their pack. That's the first telltale sign they receive the pack. The second is if they have a really nice mic that they clearly have never used before and their agent has set it up for them. If they have not set up their own mic, it is an influencer pack. So those are the two things you need to be looking for. That was going to be one of my questions is when, when is Ja, ja Rule or Diplo going to do a, a live concert on Club Top Shot? Is that, is that on the future agenda? Ja Rule has been all over it the last 24 hours. Yeah, you know, I got to give credit to Jack for most of our big uh, guest bookings. You know, he's got his Snapback Sports Empire, starts working the channels there. So yeah, Jack, if you're listening to this, let's get Ja Rule on there. Um, it's time to redeem his image. I think a Ja Rule Club Top Shot Firefest episode would be a, a ton of fun. That would be awesome, actually. The people would love that. Oh, but I mean, hey, the, uh, it, use some of the, the DraftKings FanDuel connections. Think about all the live finals and stuff. We um, we had, oh, Snoop Dogg was supposed to be at one of them, but then he had to pull him elsewhere. We had after the Fast Furious series, we had, um, oh, I'm not even, I can't even think of right now, what's your fantasy guy came out and performed. There's some connections here we can leverage, and I'm sure it's not more than a couple dollars. Well, it's so funny because I uh, one of the things that it both bites them and is really fun about Top Shot is they're they're willing to take a ton of chances as far as like content promotions, the people they're featuring, like the things like they are truly experimenting with a lot of this stuff. And I was just like, if we were in coronavirus era, I feel like Top Shot would be crazy enough to throw like a Top Shot festival. Like they would totally do that. Get all the the NBA players. Like that, it would be. I could I could totally see that happening. It actually would have been at the All Star game. It probably would right. have been like a Top Shot party at the NBA All Star game. And like now yeah. this is legitimate. Like that would have happened because in partnership with the NBA, you get some of the players there. Halliburton would have been at the door checking everyone's IDs. Like this it would have happened. Yeah, for sure. There, that's definitely coming. I mean, uh, I, I'm just calling it next year. I like that call, uh, All Star Party. And uh, if we don't get invited, we have to throw up our own uh, bootleg influencer Top Shot party adjacent to the real one. 
Also, how do you get in NFTs, right? So there's definitely got to be some kind of badge access. Like there's got to be showcase competition. You got to like complete all those badge. I don't know. I'm stuck at like 185 or something. Like you got, there, there's ways that. <laughs> What do you what do you guys think? Because in that uh, Roham tweet string, he had the thing about he wanted to see more challenges and giveaways surrounding showcases. And like I, I kind of enjoy. I have my FVV showcase. I have some of my base moment showcase that I like. But it feels like some element is missing there to get like people totally excited about it. Like TJ, what are your thoughts on can can we get people excited to make showcases? I think there's definitely an opportunity there. Yeah, because I agree. I, I think I might have made a showcase early on. It's like there needs to be a, an easier way to kind of navigate and see people's showcases or like uh, it's almost like they could create a top top 10 showcases of the day and just start to to cycle those around and have different ones that you can look at. I think that that would create a more like fun social dynamic to it that I think is going to be key to this. And I, I think... That's probably the, the direction things will head. We were talking earlier about, you know, like your your example about the the letter that you wrote to the house, right? I, I think in the future there's going to be more ability to communicate between buyers and sellers, and for people to kind of show off like what they have and kind of communicate the story behind the moments that they own. And I feel like the showcases would be a great way to do that. It's just not prominently displayed right now, and so I think it's mostly an afterthought, at least for me in my, my personal navigation of it. Like I haven't really created showcases or checked out other people's, but I do think that that would be a, a cool way to get more interaction. Well, there's no incentive. I mean, you've got to gamify it. And so whether you gamify it with packs or whatever, and like I've been trying to decipher, decipher through um, all of the Roham interviews and various other Jacob stuff talking about the hardcore game, and um, there, some of the kind of things that we're learning are that there's going to be prizes and rewards for completing and you know, beating the game or beating levels or something or winning some form of the game. And uh, so I think that's what's going to be used to incentivize people to collect their moments, use their moments for the game, because that's going to give you some form of either access to packs, priority to packs, buying packs, moments, whatever it is. And uh, same thing with the showcase. There's probably just got to be some kind of incentive. What if you had... Uh, I'm spitballing ideas here. What if you had almost like a showcase scavenger hunt and they did a blog post with like a few clues of what they were looking for? And so let's just say the actual thing they were looking for is a showcase with all of the same serial numbers. Could be different moments, but it had to be the same near serial number. And when it locks, the clues kind of pointed people in that direction. There's an airdrop gift to anyone who completed that showcase challenge. And it would create this kind of fun, like scavenger hunt. And there'd be multiple ways to go about it. So it wouldn't manipulate the market and there could be fun thematic things. I feel like stuff like that would get me incentivized of like, oh man, I, I need to go track down all these saved serial numbers so I could have a chance at this. I feel like we need a collector's council where we can use these kind of ideas that you just had and pitch them to Rohan and team. There you go. I saw, look, I saw you. Look pitch at that transition. Me. Look at there that transition. Go. Let me, uh. Had this queued up for. Well, I like that idea. I did I like wanna, that. I, I do like that idea too. I think I think that's cool. I think that would be fun. It would also give people like ourselves a lot to talk about, right? We could <laughs> speculate for days or weeks on what could this cryptic message possibly be about. What do we think that are the requirements to complete the showcase challenge, etc. But uh, yeah, Justin, you want to talk about this this tweet that you made from your personal account at Roham? What was it yesterday? 
TJ, the way TJ said that made it seem like he kind of wanted you to do it from the on the moment account. You you did it from your personal account. Uh, I noticed TJ. We found out. Yeah, how about that? I thought we agreed that we weren't using I our. Thought we had an agreement anymore. Where's the brand? Can't trust you anymore. Uh, so I actually did it from my personal account because I thought that it would be a little more uh, less shilly um, and like more just increase the chance of it actually being successful rather than trying to put OTM behind it or in any facet. Uh, but in general. I think there was just a lot of, uh, there's been some frustration over the past few days, week or so. And, you know, just some people that, you know, some very smart people in the industry coming up with ideas that I felt are pretty sound around, you know, what can we do constructive wise to ensure that the voice of the community is heard? And this wouldn't just be, okay, let's get some of the OGs or let's get some of the people who are, you know, have the $20 million, let's go $10 million, you know, account valuation. Uh, and are active, like we want it to be something that's actually representative. And we've seen some success with this in some other industries. We know poker's done something like it. We've seen in the DFS space, but an opportunity for people who are, you know, a variety that represent the community, people who are also the voice and have, you know, discords that are active and can you know, hear that, have an opportunity to do two things. One, be proactive and actually approach Roham and his team with ideas, with suggestions. So say, you know, we think, hey, Pete just came up with this idea for the challenge thing. Let's actually vet that out. Let's get, let Pete talk to a couple other people and kind of come up with an idea. Hey, here's a way that we feel actually would be a good way to, you know, incentivize engagement. It'd be fun. We already kind of talked to people in our community and they also liked it as well. So like we're basically giving that level of feedback to the company. And then the second thing I think is it's an opportunity for Roham and his team to come to that group when they have questions, ideas, maybe product kind of things, just um, you know, not to the point of kind of doing user testing, but more of just, hey, you know, we were thinking about this thing. Maybe we understand that LaMelo got injured. How should we deal with that? Like, should we maybe just pause putting out any future LaMelos? Should maybe when, you know, a player um, gets injured, like how do we kind of deal with it? And I think it'd be good to be able to get the communities kind of voice, rep- a representative sense of the community's voice to Roham and team. And I think there's a, from a long-term stability of the market, it would be a valuable addition. Yeah. I, I, I like this idea the second uh, I saw it and, you know, Roham does a good job of, you know, making se- himself available on Twitter and in discord, but I feel like he's also, you know, getting a very oftentimes maybe vi- uh, vocal minority about things are not the most representative group. And I feel like we all have these different kind of communities within Top Shot, and I feel like getting some of these people who are, um, you know, kind of uh, help creating these communities to kind of be the voice for those specific ones. Um, so I like that idea too, and I think just having something that's a little more focus groupy and a less like let's just shout at each other on Twitter, um, I think would be helpful because like what you're saying is we need to put a little bit more stock into the good ideas as opposed to just like every single random Twitter idea holding the same weight. Right. Yeah. And here I can pull up Roham did, did respond to, to Justin's tweets. Let me pull yeah. that back up as you're pulling. That he, see, he does seem open to it, which I think is yeah. great. And I think yeah. like Pete, like Pete said, you know, we, we all have, we're all, I imagine it would be a collection of people that are incentivized for the long-term success of Top Shot, right? So it's not about individuals that are coming in trying to to make 
decisions that would benefit them, but more so looking out for the community, taking in all the feedback that we're hearing from our individual communities and giving a forum to, to raise that the Roham and kind of help him and the team sift through some of the noise that maybe they're seeing on Twitter, maybe that they're seeing on Discord. But uh, yeah, Justin, want to talk through what Roham responded with? Yeah, and Roham was very receptive to it. And uh, so shout out to Sister Squad DFS, known as Girl Dad. Uh, he and Roham have actually been talking about this for the past month, something similar. Um, and uh, as Roham you know, said, you can tell he's definitely put some thought into this. They want to make sure that there's no insider information. This would be have something that is fairly open, accessible. Um, and then we want to make sure that it's not just you know some elite group. Um, and so what we're going to do is going to, um, you know, already starting talking to some of the other people in the industry, as well as people who I'd say are not as well known, but I know are very active, analytical, smart people in this space, as well as some who come from the sports card collector. I've had a lot of people reach out as well. So already started those conversations, going to talk to Roham in the next week or so and kind of just put together a proposal, some options, and kind of we'll see where we go from there. But I uh, definitely want that kind of wide range. And I don't know if this is actually Jack in the chat or whatever who put this, um, or at least you know, I'll, I'll no, you, you can just tell him to bug off, tell him to go <laughs> tend to his horses. But I mean, I, I think it's a valuable, I, I think it is like, yeah, you're, you're stable. The horses are probably literally someone said, go check on oh, yeah, There you go. Jack. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> um, but I think in general, at the end of the day, it's not like they have to accept what we say, but I do think it's valuable to be able to get that voice and that kind of concept. And there's got to be some level of, you know, we, we come, you know, the three of us will come from tech companies. You got marketing, you got product, you got all different sides. We use user testing on a daily basis. That's not something that's, you know, not, uh, not non-traditional. I think this just allows you a more steady, consistent manner to uh, kind of get that feedback. And they can do it with that feedback what they want. And we, it's almost, the office hours are almost kind of functioning like this in a way where you have the office hours in the Discord. We have our minutes keepers who who type up the notes and then they go share that with the greater community. And so when Roham says, you know, I want to make sure there's no insider information, like in a way, some of the office hour stuff like could come across as, inside information and that like not everyone's seeing it. Luckily people are bringing it to more people, but I assume this would function in the same way. You would go in there, you talk to him, whatever the idea is, you would write up a minutes there. Hey, this is what we all talk to Roham about. These are some things. So it'd be like a, a more elevated hyper-focused version of the office hours. I assume. Yep. Exactly. I think there's a few different ideas. There's the idea of even just an open chat that's read only by everyone. There's the idea of, you know, trying to keep it away from like meetings, but keep it, you know, a bit more informal, have those regular updates. I like the idea of what you were just saying, where it's kind of that middle ground. Um, there's a lot of smart people in this space, both in the community and on Dapper Labs that I think are, you know, see value in this idea. And we'll hope that, you know, we'll be able to get this and have it come to fruition. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think you will have a good shot of, of getting something like that together. I mean, even today I was like, they've done such a good job of like cycling through with the pack drop streams, like getting tons of different voices, tons of different people. Like they don't, they don't seem locked into any one thing. It seems like they're willing to try lots of different stuff, which I know that frustrates people because there's lots of bumps along the road, but it's also very encouraging when you do have a new idea because you know, your voice, like you re you wrote to him and he immediately responded. Like, you're, you're not just shouting into the void when it comes to top shot suggestions. Yeah, completely agree. Roham has been very receptive to all levels of people, all activity levels, even some of the people that I, if I was in the position, I would not have taken the time to respond to because it seems like it was just people who were just trying to get a reaction or whatever. So mad props to Roham for that. I know that uh, 
his time has to be so valuable and the amount of time that he still puts in engagement with the community is fantastic. Yeah, I, I mute and ignore people for far less than what <laughs> they do to Rohab. So yeah, shout out to him. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's dealing with a lot on there, but I, I agree. I think that for the most part, they've been been pretty transparent and pretty open with what their plans are, how open they are to feedback and definitely seem to be taking in questions, concerns, not just from the, the influencers that they, they strictly just give the influencers, influencers packs. They, you know, don't just only listen right. to our suggestions. Yes. <laughs> All right, TJ, I've seen you go on mute a few times talking to your golf bros. What, what are they, what are they harassing you about? I don't know. They were just coming in here, like asking me how much longer I'm going to be asking me like, who knows? Yeah. They're, I'm also in someone else's room because this was the, the most like, this is like the one room. So he like came in. He was like, my girlfriend needs to do something. I'm like, oh, sorry. Dude. Yeah, she, yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Sorry, bro. It's like, uh, it. yeah, when it. you're at like workplaces or schools and they have the pump room, it's like, no, no, no. We have the top shot room here for TJ. He needs to go and talk yeah. about his, his NFTs. Yeah, I had to take the table and the chair from the porch and put it into the room so that I could have a somewhat a reasonable place and had to find like a background that wasn't completely you should, ridiculous. You should so, be outside uh, with the San Diego good. skyline flexing. I, on I considered it. I, yeah. I should have pulled a Justin. That's a, That's true. That's what you Justin basically have. Yeah, you have the NCAA woman's uh, locker room, you know, <laughs> the, the, the weightlifting room version of a podcast room. There you go. Yes, yes, yes. All righty. Well, we're, what, almost 50 minutes in here trying to think if there's anything else we wanted to to make sure that we we touched on justin i know that we wanted to get into a little bit of a club top shot special and do a little bit of of lot and thinks on behalf of fun. pete and the club so i think that that would be more than appropriate right now let's pete, do it. what do you think about that I'm excited. Um, I had a pretty poor showing uh, at Lawn yeah, Thinks on Friday. I still need to settle up. I believe I owe like seven or eight horses. Um, people were asking me, uh, they're like, hey, Pete, have you bought one of those horses yet? And I was like, no. In fact, I'm in debt eight horses. I, I haven't even got into the green yet. So, uh, yes, I need to. I need to redeem myself here. I think the worst part about being in debt seven, eight horses is, do you know how many like 1 a.m. nights that's going to be? Like, I don't know what the success rate is of getting a horse on a Z10 or whatever, but now you've got two or three nights. Like, this is earning a full-time job. You need two stable boys. I think I think I'll have to roll back the tape. I think we said or equivalent value. So I, I'm really going to try to give my dirty USD fiat uh, to uh, to cover this bet because you're right. I can't be grinding the ponies at 1 a.m. Yeah, I need to. I, I, all I know about the ponies is what I saw on that show. But it's, man, are these new things just going to keep coming out? I mean, you, you've got info with all the people that seem to be on the know of all the these new upcoming NFTs. That's something that I've been having on my list is to to try and get ahead of these things. But how do you find out about you know digital horses that are now racing? See, the problem is is finding out about new stuff isn't hard, right? Like stuff is popping up every day. It's devoting the time to do a deep dive to feel like you really fully understand things and have confidence in investing in things. So 
I, I'm a dilettante, right? Like I just like bounce around. I like having fun with stuff, which doesn't make for a great investment thesis with these things. So I'm pulled in so many directions and I like doing comment, uh, content and streaming. And I don't have time to go for six hours in a discord and ask someone about Z eight horses and like their pedigree and how to breed them. So yeah, I, I am naturally at a disadvantage with that stuff. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm not actually your guy for finding the next hot thing. <laughs> I feel like you were being drawn and quartered like they did in the old days where they tie you up to the horses and they run. But yeah, like, that's maybe if it was a horse, because then like maybe you could get a fifth of that horse if the horse split off too. Like that gives you your fractional investment. It's worth it. Exactly. And that fractional investing is the answer to all these problems. It's the answer to a lot of problems. It's like, I don't have to do all the research. I can just let me just take my money and it, it eliminates the FOMO. You know, if crypto punks go to the moon, I'm good. I got a fifth of them. I can sleep at night. You know, it's it's really the easiest way out is fractional investing with your yeah. friends. We need an ETF. They, I mean, pretty much that's what Whale Vault was doing. But yeah, what's yeah, what's the deal on the uh, OTM Moment Index to plug your uh, your stuff? Yeah, well, let me check my uh, legal. <laughs> Due to technical limitations, we are no longer able to provide the OTM fifty. Um, uh -oh. We we hope to be able to provide it soon. We are looking into alternative options that can accomplish similar goals. I'm just kidding. That was just messed up writing that. Okay. <laughs> I was actually like, really? Yeah, no, I thought he was kidding at first. And then, wait, I was like, wait, is he actually reading something right now? This is pretty well done. Uh, no, we just had some challenges with it. Um, and so we're trying to come up with an alternative. Uh, so we're going to have the site up and running, hopefully fairly soon. We've got some beta testers right now for the OTM site. Um, and by the time we're ready, we're hoping to have an alternative to it. That'll be not as exact so the old one like just was crazy meticulous with every single sale i think we're going to create something that still accomplishes what we want from like being able to view the market but just not have as much uh sophistication gotcha which really is my stance on life <laughs> it's true yeah put it put it on your tombstone <laughs> do what i can with 80 percent of the effort yeah 80 20 life all righty shall we do some laden yeah who wants to All kick right. it off? Justin, you want to kick it off? So starting off, the wager is going to be for Series 2 Fred Van Vliet's because the Slash 15,000s are basically the same price as the Slash 35,000 because that's the way the market's currently looking. Um, you can choose which one you want to get rid of. And I will start off. And so uh, for those who are not familiar with this game, what happens is one person will ask someone else a question. That person will have to give their answer after the other two people come up with what they believe the person who's asked the question will answer. Uh, always numerical values, and uh, it's whoever's closest as a percent away from the correct answer ends up winning. All right. I will ask. I got to get my paper out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have paper. I oh. I don't have paper, so you guys are going to have to just trust that I'm who's not going to lie. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. All right. Um, as I said, I'm at the mother-in-law's house, so who knows what I'm writing on. Okay. <laughs> so you're going to ask. Um, my question, I will ask you to start off so we can have Pete uh, answer. Okay. All right. So how many people, TJ, does TJ think have lied to their significant other about Top Shot since its origin? And when we say oh, lie. Let me do it again. How many yeah. times, not people, how many times, times how many have times. people lied 
to their significant other about Top Shot. It can be about money. It can be about time. It can be about pack drops. It can be about anything. And I assume this this is like white lie thing. Like if, you're, if your wife is like, how's your account value doing? You're like, you know, it's doing fine. And it just took like a 40% <laughs> hit. That That's a lie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I don't own a thousand moments. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, the age old one is like you get back from the Vegas trip or the casino and they say, how did it go? And you say, oh, I broke even. No matter Would what, you, no matter how much you won or how much you lost, you've always break even. Oh, that's yeah. I've, ne- I've never not broken that. even <laughs> at a casino, but I've also never actually broken even at a casino because okay. that's lame. Okay. All right. So how many times does T is how many lies? Yeah. So, so, I, Justin, I, so I put a number and then you don't need Justin, to write anything down TJ. Cause you're just going to say yours. Okay, oh, after say mine. Yeah. yeah, he can write it we'll down show. though. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I'll write mine down too. Justin, I don't know TJ as well as you. Is, is TJ yeah. is he is he prone to hyperbole? Like, give me a little clue on where he might go here from over under on a, a baseline. I'm very bad at Laden. I will say that I don't have um, a good, good feel for it. But I don't know how that helps you. He's not going to say there's like 200 stars in the universe, and he's not going <laughs> to drink <laughs> Lake Erie in like three days. Uh, okay, all right, he's going to uh, be pretty level headed. So I guess you ruled out. Peter Jennings and uh, Levy there, but <laughs> he's fairly reasonable. Okay, I forgot, I forgot about those ones. Those, those are classic Laudens. Okay, I think I'm triangulating on my issue. I do this game does always. I always write down my real answer first, and then I'm like, no, I need to think what right. TJ's answer is going to be. But I, I think this is. Um, he seems. I think you're going to be pretty rational with this. Oh boy. This is hilarious. I have a highlighter that I'm writing on, and so it's not working at all. Okay. So do you want you want me to show my guess for TJ first? Yep. I'm going to write right. mine in chat, our private chat, as soon as you got it. So I have right here 6,432 oh so lies about Top Shot. I said 80,000. <laughs> yeah, I got 100,000. So just There we go. Wow. Okay. <laughs> So like there's 300,000 people or whatever. And like, come on. I see. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm in my own head. I have a very, you know, I, I, I can't stop talking about my NFTs to my wife. So I assume maybe everyone else is transparent. All right. I, I, this is back to me sucking at Laudan. You're such an honest man. (sighs) Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell her that I did really well at Laudan tonight is going to be my (laughs) life. I changed mine to (laughs) 80,000. All right. Who who's next? Uh, so I'll go next, and then we okay. can finalize. So mine will be about. So you ask Pete. Okay. So my question is: How many times does Pete think that Fred Van Leet has shot a basketball in his lifetime? Wow. <laughs> this one's wild. This one, I feel like I actually have to do some back of the napkin math. <laughs> Oh, now I'm gonna. Now I'm trying to think what math he's doing. <laughs> you don't want to know what kind of <laughs> Jerry Rig math I'm doing over here. Oh boy. All right, I got mine. All right, I'm j- mine's going higher. The longer he takes, the more it takes to carry those numbers over and cross. <laughs> it's it's an absurd number. No, I, I can't give away. 
Oh my god. Oh boy. Okay. I can say first since I don't have something to write it down. Okay, right, now I'm embarrassed. I need to cross off my math. Look at that. I'm embarrassed. You, you got yours, dude? Yeah, I got my number. Okay. I got some math, too. Oh, I don't know. DJ. <laughs> I can't tell if I'm hot. I could feel like I could be way high or way low, but I have. I'm going to go. Where else could you be? <laughs> well, two million. Oh, God. Oh, okay. Uh, you can just have uh, this one. <laughs> wait. Wait, which direction, Justin? Well, you gave him like a nod, so I'm thinking like you're close. Okay, no, you're saying he's way high. Okay, I win 69,069. Okay, I just know for a fact you're <laughs> way wrong, Justin. Um, I said 13,400,000. Wow. Wait, how did you say 60? That's so low, Justin. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, there, these. my thought was like, you see Steph Curry and these guys, they'll, they'll shoot 100 free throws. They'll get up 100 jump shots just like in a normal – yeah, I think that yeah. they've been doing like a hundred plus a day for. Years. Yeah, I ended up doing like a day's not that much. I my math started working on average of three hundred shots a day, and obviously there's days where there's less, and I think more. I meant six hundred ninety thousand. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I think you guys. I think you need to reboot Hertzik Bot. I think I he's doing, broken tonight. Yeah, I because I was doing thirty six fifty would be a hundred a day. I didn't do that math, but I'm saying, and then you multiply that by twenty, and you end up getting around that. And then I obviously went for the meme. Um, but yeah, you could be overestimating how much they practice. But I feel like in a standard practice, like you're in layup lines and stuff, like like pregame warmups, you're shooting like a hundred times, right? Yeah, like they no. just sit there and shoot for a no. long time. Maybe not 100, but at least 50. Yeah, th th this is. I'm not a basketball player, so I have yeah. no idea. No, 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 no. And I, I just missed a zero there. Uh, highlighters are hard to see. Um, but like 690,000, even though I wouldn't have that, I still would have been way off. But God, that's an I interesting guess, one. Uh, I'm curious. Yeah, I bet there, I bet we could actually. Um, Next next time we get an NBA player in the club, I'll, I'll try to get like, hey, well, on an average day, yeah. how many shots do you think you're getting up? See if we can kind of reverse engineer that. But I was thinking, I mean, you got to take this. I mean, we said in his life. I mean, we're talking a kid putting up some shots in the the playground, a gym rat in high school, like Wait, traveling around AAU teams. Oh, no, he didn't play basketball in high school. He was a swimmer. He was like Tim Duncan. But, I mean, he's still <laughs> shooting some hoops with some friends. I mean, get out of here. Is that actually true? Tim Duncan was a world-class swimmer. And then no, it I know that hurt. about Tim Duncan. Oh. I'm asking about Fred <laughs> no, Van Vliet. No, I don't know that. Obviously, it's not. Fred Van Vliet can't beat. He doesn't have the uh, composition, the makeup, the six foot ten Tim Duncan to go uh, go from swimming to basketball. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, all right, so, Pete. Oh, now it's my turn to ask a question. It's your turn, and it's going to oh. be asking how many times Justin thinks of whatever okay. your question is. Justin, my question for you is how many individuals named Bart tried to get a pack today? Bart, and I will allow Bartholomew as well for a full proper name. Okay. This is a great one because there's not a lot of like hard math that can be done on it. So what was great, our final tally in the? Was it like three hundred thousand today? Went after packs. 
That's fair enough. I Around saw 300K. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what I was using. I was okay. 285K in line. 261 here. What is up with this man? Status? I know. I would, yeah, I was, I was bubble boy today. I was like 85,000. Um, mm. James in the chat asking account name. No, not account name, like actual human, uh, name. human name. Yeah. I mean, account name. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it could be your cat name. If the way that these accounts are created for top sure. shot, it could be your dog or cat. Yeah. Elastic honeybee. Right. If you would have gone, well, no, I'm talking about like people having 10 accounts for their dog oh, yes, and their no. cat. But so if you would have gone with spike, this would have been a lot more interesting. Yeah. No, no uh, multi-accounting uh, talk on this show. No, no FUD. <laughs> oh boy, this is a tough one. Do you think after the show, uh, Top Shot would be willing and dapper to give us kind of their internal data to run a search on how many Barts are actually in their system? <laughs> I, I, I want to know how many yeah, I'm not going to get my, my process right now. <laughs> Here's a, All right. I, I keep wanting to ask questions, but I don't want to influence lead the witness here. You, you can ask questions because I have my answer. So it's just more entertainment. Do you, guys, do you guys know anyone named Bart? One. Like in, you got one. one Awake Forest kid. Uh, he was a twin. You're younger than me. Yep. That's TJ, do you know any Barts? No, I don't think I know. I, think, I don't think I know any Barts. And how many people do I know? And so extrapolate, am I one over that many people? So there's my extrapolate. Yeah, there you go. Have some math fun. All right. All right. I have my answer for Justin. Yeah, I, I put five. Okay, I went a little higher. I said 14 Barts. Ah, I, get, I get 19. Ooh, 19. I finally nice, won. Nice, nice. I had a feeling I was low, but I was like, I don't know any Barts. Yeah. And that's the, I know one. So that's all I was basing off is, oh, I don't know. I know maybe a thousand, 5,000 people, like uh, 300,000. That comes out to about that. <laughs> Wait. So what was, what was the final score on that? Or did TJ get two? I went one, one. Keeping track I think we all went scenes. one, one. We I all went one, one. Oh, yeah, one, so one, one. Okay. Should we, should we do Coop. like a closest to the pin tiebreaker for Coop, something? You want to you give us a question yeah. or something? Yeah. We and we'll, let's ask Coop one. So we can oh, get yeah. this. Yep. It's all right. So okay. Uh, chat, give Rebrick. us your best lot and thanks. We're going to ask Coop, producer Coop from behind the scenes. Coop is then going to have to answer and we will give our best guesses. Let's all right, do chat. It. chat, and just to give you um, the specificity <laughs> is the soul of lot and thanks. Uh, the more specific, the better. This is funny, by the way. I have no idea if Darren Heitner um, is watching this right now, but he just sent me a picture of who falls asleep at the club. And it's me in Vegas sleeping <laughs> at the club. <laughs> wow. So how, uh, old, how, how many years old is that? Uh, this is 2000. Well, we'd go to March Madness every year for opening week for opening weekend. So this was March 2014. Sometimes you just got to take a little nap. It's a long night. There you go. In All right. So wait, I'm, I'm answering the question for you guys. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Correct. All right. So you're gonna, whoever you, of the three closest wins, yes. All right. Do you have something yeah. to write down, producer Cooper? Are you a trustworthy man? Yeah. Does this mean I'm not trustworthy? I'm not. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. <laughs> Peter, are you choosing from the chat anything? Yeah, that I'm looking for some good ones here. <laughs> um, this I like this one from Phil because we're talking about uh, the F5ing, the people refreshing the thing. Ooh, I like that. How many mm -hmm. times, producer Coop? 
have Top Shot users pressed the F5 button on their keyboard? Wow. Oh my god! Wow! 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 Okay, I love it. That's a great question. Good job, Phil. Yeah. Well. Oh well, man. Now I'm really gonna have to do some math again. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. Let's actually confirm. Are we talking strictly about an F5 refresh or any refresh? Yes. I think I think we should stick with the spirit of the F5. I personally have been using sometimes the Chrome extension. That That's what I've been. Yeah. yeah. No, let's do F5. actual F5 pressing. Hitting the F5 button. Okay. Do max have an f5 as a refresh yeah, yeah I, was, I was gonna say is mac oh. the same as as bc with with let, uh let me try here um no i think you need to do you still need to do apple f5 or something but i think it's still f5 just confirming well, that that, that or is it not, apple i'm R. not limiting it to the technology i just started yeah. smashing buttons in my apple voiceover <laughs> started turning <laughs> on so. i think you might be apple r so that wouldn't be f5 yeah. okay yeah, um, command R. There you go. Command R per Jack. Okay. God, he's such a kid. Look at that. Obviously, the cool kid has the Mac. Us old guys. Uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I haven't oh. been a Mac guy since college because I can't go back to, to Mac at this point after using no, PC. Okay, cool. so are we gonna are we gonna include Command R with F five no. here? F five. Just F five. Wow. So okay. All right. This question just got way more complicated. Wow. Yeah, I was gonna say this is tough. Gosh. And because like, there's marketplace, there's packs, there's so many different times. Mm. Man, How much of DGENs do we think that the Top Shot community is? Because I, I hear lots of F5 references in Discord. Mm -hmm. But is that just a fun thing to say versus how much is someone actually pressing it? And how much does Coop think that? So Coop is, is a an, fun Coop thing is to an say, analytical right? guy, Pete. Coop okay, that helps. In the, you know, help in the corporate consulting world. So he's uh, he's got some math background a little. Um, Maybe that'll help a little. I got I got a number. <laughs> wow. He, he's got a number and he feels good about it. I thought I was going to be a Roman numeral. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> All okay. right. I got mine. Eric Belair in the chat says my F5 button is yeah. broke. So interesting. All right. I'll go first. Uh, All right. 15 million. 30 okay. million. Wow. Uh -huh. So I'm, I'm the low. I'm the low. I did 1.3 million. Oh, man. TJ almost hit it on the nose. Initially, I had thirty million, and then I upped it to say fifty-five million five hundred fifty-five thousand. <laughs> wow, that's a nice serial number right there. Enjoy too. your grand fleet there. Oof. All, All right. right. Now, should I send that to your personal account or the own the <laughs> moment? Uh, yeah. No. Send, it, send it to own the moment. <laughs> Don't oh. worry. Uh, the people I already told them before the show, I'm going to buy a Fred Van Vliet from the marketplace. The people's vault is not getting touched and I'll buy one for myself. While I'm at it. I need to treat myself. 
Yeah, you do. I don't know you what my gifting it. policies are, but maybe you maybe you'll get a sixty nine thrown in your portfolio soon. Oh wow, wow! Hey Roham, how about we uh, whitelist FVV gifting? Uh, so that's the <laughs> only moment that's allowed to be gifted right now. Well, it's like the person. I, th- I think it might have been Waze. It was someone who tried to give something, uh, but they accidentally posted it as like a listing for a really cheap price or something. Oh, no, and no, he put um he tried to list it and ended up. Gifting, gifting it, it to just so no like, one, and it just the account, the account was like six oh two or something like that. He like give he tried to like type that in, and, and he ended up giving and, it. To and the there account. was nothing so, that they can do for that. It's like sending bit BTC to an ETH wallet. Wow, <laughs> I have um I have a bet with Wade's on some. I need to dig it back. It has to do with what the Lamelo Master Challenge price Ooh. ends up Ooh. like. If you have the under, you're going to win. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it was on the like the moment value. If it hits a certain threshold, he said he would send me like 69 Fred Van Vliet. So I need to look at that again because uh, that's going to be a fun sweat. So one of you really outsmarted the other because there was a lot of like, that was like a leverage, a parlay there. Because if it hits a high value, then Fred Van Vliet's are worth a ton more. And if it hits a low value, well, now you're not sending any much more than pennies. <laughs> the thing is, is uh, there was no negotiating. He, I didn't even... <laughs> he just put this out that he like it was a conversation i wasn't even a part of it he tagged me he's like if it hits this i will i will give you 69 fred van Vleets. i was like okay wades i'll bookmark this <laughs> wades is a very very generous down under gentleman he's a great guy no doubt um, question one thing we didn't get to um yeah. what happened to man's we uh, don't you feel like the man would love Top Shot? He would definitely love NFTs. He would not understand them at all. He would definitely be trying to print out these pictures and selling them to people on the street and telling them it's an NFT. But like, you know, he, he have an account. Gets some enjoyment out of he, it. He could be in line for pack drops. So I will say this: Mans might be making a return very soon. Oh, that's oh. all. And we uh, found to our change Twitter clip for tomorrow. To, ch- to change the for last. to change the subject, I uh, I sent producer Coop in the private chat the link. I found the Wade's thing. So he said, if the Lamelo gets to seven k, he'll send Peter fifty Fred season twos. Mm. So I don't. What? How do you? How am I looking, Justin? Not great. Okay. Not great. Yeah. Um, the injury obviously hurts. I think long-term, it may actually help Lamelo's value uh, just because depending on what they put out with the oversaturation of moments, you won't have as many going forward. Um, but you don't have the opportunity for him to have those 40, 50-point games that just strike up the price, um, the rookie of the year, and so forth. So you think if it weren't for the injury, I'd, I'd, I'd be looking pretty decent? Do you want me to say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he definitely had a chance. Thanks. All right. I don't, think well, it was horrible, I don't think it was a horrible uh free, you know, bet that you took. Yeah, it was a free roll. It. <laughs> it was a good bet a month ago for sure. And the other thing is the market could also go crazy again. And then despite Lamelo, despite everything, it still ends up hitting. Um yeah. it's also a bet that you can sweat forever, right? Because you're never truly dead. He could always potentially one day get to seven K. That is oh, very true. You're never gonna be dead. Ooh. If it wasn't this year, then I would say you're a heavy favorite. I don't know. Is there, is there a time frame on the bet? It says you hear to uh, if it gets to seven k, I'll say. Yeah, he said if it gets. So theoretically, um, oh, you in can't the, ever lose. lose this. You can't ever lose. You will. You, you will die before this. 
I could also sink like thousands and thousands of dollars <laughs> into this just to buy up all the available pool and raise the floor and yeah. then get those FVVs. I mean, that's you should also just and then you can tokenize the tweet and make it all back. Like, yeah, there's a long-term play here. You'll be, you'll be in good shape. There you go. Leave it to Wade's to leave you in a never lose a win, win, win situation. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I love it. As opposed to my horse uh, bets <laughs> where I'm in a negative free roll now with these horses. I mean, my favorite part about the horses is that they couldn't make a track that went in a circle because it was just too difficult. So the track just has to have forever gone in a straight line. It's so stupid. Uh, it's like, I mean, the most like, it truly feels like you're watching a horse race in 2045, but they're like, sorry, man, straight line only. Uh, that's, that's how it goes. So uh, sorry, Jack, you're going to have to uh, start pumping your horses and talk to the dev team and add that functionality. Oh, I love it. I mean, I'm trying to look back at my emails because my first introduction to Overzet was as the man's back in, I don't know, three years ago when I received one of the legitimate, the real man's coins and uh, still is my poker chip holder. Um, so it's no, I, I was I was looking at my uh, original OGs, my ledger. <laughs> Um, and I didn't like, I didn't know you then, like at no. the time you were just, uh, you were just a name on a spreadsheet, zeros and ones, uh, Herzig bot. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> Oh, Justin has one of the OG man's coins. So yes. Um, I, uh, hold on to that. Hold on. Oh, to that. That, I mean, I'm turning your handwritten letter into an NFT. So don't you worry. There you go. Uh, oh, Jack man. is mad at me in the chat. Uh, for hating on his on his horses, um, Jack. I'm just every time you'll you post a Twitter, you're like, "Oh, I'm calling my shot. He's gonna win here." And then I see he gets like ninth place. 11. So, 11. yeah, like, come on, Jack. I thought he I thought he had a win earlier today. Did yeah, I, did blind I see squirrel finds a nut. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, how could you really get up the you know just motivation to race when you know sex day is coming around the corner on Wednesday? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, that Philly's in for a, a rude awakening. Shaq, <laughs> so, the, the language in this chat, I mean, this language might fly in Club Top Shop, but this is a professional organization. They actually have aspirations and, and goals over here, okay? So just keep that kind of language out of the we chat. We don't even drink on stream. This was an <laughs> yeah. exception for the club. Yeah. Just water I, inside here. I can't even go and hi, cut clips from Club Top Shot because I'm just like, I'm hammered in this. I don't make sense in this. I mean, what a disaster. <laughs> oh. So, what do we think? I, I know. Uh, yeah. Well, I know Coop has a pack. Do we want to do the pack? Ooh. We're already somewhat off the rails. Cool we might as well just go full on on. We're literally debating which pre order pack we could open. So, it's not anything good. Yeah. I just got so excited this, because this the Cool Cats like music the is the best. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't know. <laughs> you want to do it quick though, Coop, and then we'll then we'll shut this Let's down. Go. Yeah, I can do it. Make sure you put the sound on, as we know. The sound is is crucial. Wow, last, not, not one cool cat. The last three three or four drops, we've had like five people from the OTM team uh, all trying to get one, so we'd bring it on stream and literally just strike strike striking out it's impressive so, so kind of before i before i rip it kind of funny thing about this pack is 
um, one, one of my good friends created the the music for the intro music for, for in the moment. And I told him like, Hey, I'll give you my next base pack. And this was like, what feels like forever. Ago. <laughs> and so the pre-order pack ended up being like my quote unquote next base pack. And then he's literally just been refusing out of like, I don't even want to spend any more time on top jobs <laughs> because of his like frustrations as of late. So this, these moments will ultimately, I'll, I'll have to, to twist his arm to, uh, to gift these moments. Wait, so the range on his gift, like it could have been the the rare pack yeah. that you gave him. Oh no, no, I said my next base pack. Oh, so, your next base. So I was like, yeah. that's quite the sweat for I him. I literally <laughs> couldn't get any freaking base packs. Like even base packs, I couldn't get. Potentially. That would explain why Coop has not been waiting in line for the queue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely passing up on easy. Do you, do you want to let? future OTM contractors know that you uh, compensate more than a $9 uh, pre-order pack for their services? I mean, it depends. If I held <laughs> this $9 pack for the next like two years, it could be worth a lot. I mean, you if you end up not having it to go, not having to give it to him because he's just so turned off by Top Shot, mm -hmm. you might be the only one profiting from the current marketplace. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's rip it. Let's do it. Uh, make sure it sounds on. Yeah, it's so refreshing to have someone open a pack and me not have to explain how to do the share audio Chrome tab. Uh, it's okay. I got blamed that. for. Uh, oh wait, can you guys? Wait, actually, I. Oh might no! Need wait, you might have to. to. There we go. There it is. Oh, there it is. Okay. Just Pete, you should have saw me. I was taking the blame for like the first six episodes of like them not knowing to click the goddamn share audio button. Like, oh yeah. Are you guys literally not clicking the button? What's going on? You got to go to Chrome tab. Let's go. I believe still the face of Top Shot in Europe, correct? Is that happening? Yeah, when is that happening? Yeah. That was like a month ago. That was a rumor forever ago. I mean, I'm sure we could come up with a better rumor that'll pump at least one moment for a day. <laughs> yeah, that's our goal to come out. Ooh, almost a clean. Draymond. Oh, yeah. I like that. All right. On the 300th day of each year, he does 11 push-ups. That's a strong serial number. <laughs> there you go. Justin, I'm just going to be curious how many narratives you really can come up with. I feel like it, it's, it's, uh, it's a big number. Oh, All right. There you go. The Top That's... Shot fan himself also like has it. his own wine. Nice move. Nice move. You got the top shot reference. You got the double eight or the China get good luck. You got the double L to go with the double eight as well. So that makes all the McCollum ones that much more valuable. So well done, man. Yeah. There are not many more valuable packs than what you just pulled for a pre-order. Justin, it seems exhausting to process the world through your lens. I mean, how oh, did <laughs> Imagine being in a fantasy football league with him and you know, trying to make trades. It's it's unbelievable the way he can pump any fantasy player on his team about how great they're going to be and how great their upcoming schedule is and they got cooked a nice meal last night so they're going to have a big week next week it's crazy so a couple, <laughs> couple things there one remember fantasy football and like actually participating in season-long stuff like <laughs> yeah this is this is me talking about like six years ago when that mattered two overs that overs that was in a league with me this past year but i think i'm the one who made sure that there were no trades just so then like because if there's no trades, I don't have to worry about it. But if there's trades, you know someone else is doing shit. And then it's like just, yeah, you got to get ahead of it. 
Yeah, no, I, I like the structure of the the fantasy football World Series. Um, I'm definitely I'm 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 loving Top Shot, but I'm getting excited to get back in the best ball streets. I think it's gonna be a fun summer for that. Yeah, uh, I just hope someone puts out some content for it. I think that'd be helpful. We'll <laughs> yeah, I, I have a hard time imagining anyone doing best ball content. It's probably just gonna be completely forgotten. <laughs> All uh, right, I mean, like Justin Shields. Okay, go on. Sorry. <laughs> TJ All just right. continues to get his balls busted by his buddies and is just trying to get <laughs> us out of here. <laughs> I think we're going to close out the show here. Thank you guys very much for joining the club at Own the Moment tonight. Thanks to Pete for joining us. Wait, so, sorry, Own the, own the Movement or Own, own the, the Moment? Movement. Yeah, we've come, we come a long way since Own the Movement, Pete, that first time you tried to shout us out on, on your podcast. I mean, I still think it might be a little better of a I name. Know. I mean, uh, come on. It sounds it sounds like so uh, empowering, and uh, you know when you guys get around to uh, to making merch, it'll be a fun. You know, people love the misprints on Top Shot. You know, own the own the movement will be a, a nice misprint there for you. Let's put the V. We uh we are very close to the merch. Um, I don't know if we're gonna sell it though. I may just kind of wear it and just like maybe make people jealous, but we'll see. There you go, the merch vault. Yeah, <laughs> coming soon, along with uh, a potential surprise from. Pete Overzet, it sounds like. Okay. <laughs> With that said, thanks everyone again for joining us on behalf of Justin, on behalf of Pete, and on behalf of producer Coop, behind the scenes and late in the show in front of the scenes, I am TJ Lasig. Thank you guys. We'll see you next time.